morning. And so let's go ahead and turn to the book of Jeremiah. Again, it's towards the middle of your Bible. And again, one of the major prophets there in the Old Testament. And I just want to consider some thoughts here from a couple passages here in Jeremiah especially that deal with thoughts on uh, potters and clay vessels. And so I want to consider some thoughts here from the book of Jeremiah on these thoughts and some lessons we can learn from these uh, these places and these vessels. And so let's begin by reading here this morning in Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18, I'll read the first 12 verses of this chapter, and then I'm going to read after that and make some comments about Jeremiah 18. Then I'm going to look at Jeremiah chapter 19 that also deals with uh, a vessel that was broken. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there will I cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made again another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do as with you as with this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, and so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. In one instance I shall speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom, to pluck up, to pull down, to destroy it. That nation against whom I have pronounced, turn from the evil, I would pant to the evil that I thought to do unto them. And in one instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom, to build it and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight, that obey not my voice, then I will repent to the good, wherewith I had said I would benefit them. Now therefore go and speak to the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you, and devise a device against you. Return ye now every one from your evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. And he said, There's no hope. But we will walk after our own devices, and will every one do the imagination of his evil heart. I'm going to consider some thoughts on a potter, some clay, and some vessels. But let's go ahead and pray as we consider some thoughts from the Word of God. Father, thank you, Lord, again for your Word here today. And I thank you for the opportunity we have to be in service this morning. I thank you again for the opportunity I had to be in uh, camp this last week. I I pray that, again, through the Word of God and the, and the teachings of it, that we could gain some wisdom and some help in understanding who we are in this world and even uh, what nations are really to God. Again, just bless this time as we meet here today. Help the Word of God to be a blessing and help the hearer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've had the opportunity to meet potters before. I actually grew up and I went to, uh, again, it's not quite uh, maybe the pottery of this time, but I had an opportunity when I was young to be involved with a ceramics class in the summer, and I still have today some of those things that I made. In fact, they're stored away in um, our memory box that's up in the garage and that sort of thing, but in that box there's some vessels and there's some uh, creations that I made, and 
I didn't make any uh, thing on a wheel like you might see potters make, but I did make some things in ceramics class. And I just want to say this about those things. It was easy for those things to be broken and to break. It was easy for those things to be shaped and molded. And when we think of clay or we think of pottery or things along that line, these things can be easily molded and they can be broken. And uh, we see this in the case of the potter in uh, Jeremiah chapter 18. Uh, we see uh, Jeremiah told to go to the potter's house uh, to see him make these vessels. And again, uh, maybe learn some things about God and, and vessels of clay. And uh, there's certainly some things we can learn from here. Again, I had the opportunity to have someone that was a part of our Bible study that was also a potter. Again, I can't remember his name. That's crazy, but I'm sure maybe Kevin remembers his name or uh, Tracy remembers his name. But it might have been back in 2008, 2009. We had uh, someone that was coming to our, our, our class there, our Bible study class at the university. And, and uh, he wasn't signed up to be really an uh, art class, but he took an art class in pottery. And before you knew it, he became very good as a potter, and he became a master potter in Minnesota. And I thought that was kind of neat. But he would work with clay. He would mold it and make it into something beautiful. And, and as a result of him being able to do this, he was able to have a job doing it. And then again, I met another potter here not that long ago. Again, it was uh, back in January. We met a potter down in Florida. We seen him actually in a church setting preaching the word of God about pottery and uh, also about uh, the wheel and all those kind of things. He had a wheel in the church. He had a pottery in the church and he had a and he was able during his uh, sermon that he had to actually make a clay vessel and a beautiful vessel at that and he's had some things to say about the potter and, and pottery and clay and all those kind of things but as we look at this text here in jeremiah chapter 18 jeremiah is, is uh being uh is there to learn some things and he's also to teach some things concerning israel and uh, as you see in this passage of scripture, uh, some things about uh, pottery and clay vessels, we learn again that uh, there's someone behind the pottery and the clay vessel. It says in verse number four, it says, and the vessel that he made of the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make it. And so this potter doesn't give us name, but he was making a vessel. He can make it again according to what he wanted the vessel to be or to become. And uh, again, as we look at the word of God and potters and clay vessels, uh, there's certainly some things we can learn about these things. And it mentions in verse number six, it says, Oh, house of the Lord, can I not do with you as with as is this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And so we find again that the, the, the potter was able to do what he'd like to do with the vessel. And so God is able to do what he'd like to do with this nation. Let's turn to the next chapter. Jeremiah chapter 19 opens with uh, Jeremiah having to go back to this house and uh, to go, or at least seems like to go to a house and get an get a earthen vessel, a piece of pottery there. And uh, let's pick up in Jeremiah chapter 19. There's some more I'd like to read here before we get into the message here. Jeremiah 19, verse 1, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Go and get a potter's earthen bottle, and take of the ancients of the people and the ancients of the peace. 
They go forth on the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is in the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee. And say, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, that which whosoever heareth this, his ears shall tingle, because they have forsaken and have estranged this place and have burned incense unto other gods, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, nor the kings of Judah, and have filled this place with the blood of innocence. They have built also high places to Baal, to burn their sons in the fire of burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake, neither came into my mind. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place shall be no more called uh, Tophet, but the valley of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. I will make void the consul of Judah and Jerusalem in this place, and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hands of them that seek their lives. And their carcasses will I give for me to the fowls of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth. And I will make thee a city desolate and in hissing. And everyone that passes thereby shall be astonished and hissed because of all the plagues thereof. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons, the flesh of their daughters. And they shall eat every one the flesh of their friend in the siege and the straightness wherewith their enemies. And they shall seek their lives and they shall straighten in them. Then I shall break the bottle in the sight of the men that go with me and shall say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so I break this people and this city as one break of the potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again. And they shall be buried them in Tophet till there be no place for burying. Thus will I do unto this place, saith the Lord, and the hams thereof even make it as the city of Tophet. And the houses of Jerusalem and the houses of the kings of Judah shall be defiled at the place of Tophet because of all the houses upon whose roofs have burned incense unto the hosts of heaven and have poured out drink offerings unto other gods. Then came Jeremiah from Tophet, uh, whither the Lord had sent him to prophesy. And he stood in the court of the house of the Lord and sent on all the people, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they have hardened their necks, that they might not hear my words. Now we see two chapters in the Bible that largely deal, at least in part, with clay vessels. And in these two chapters of the Bible, we see a potter mentioned, we see clay mentioned, and we see a potter's wheel and we see what could be described as di different kinds of vessels. As we look at this, uh, again, these two chapters of the Bible, I want to get into some things that we could hopefully learn from this potter and this pottery. The first thing I'd like us to learn is that God is the master potter. There are master potters, but God is the master potter. In this in this particular chapter, it says, in verse 4, it says, Rise and go down to the potter's house, and there will I cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. And the vessel he made, a clay, was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again. Another vessel it seemed good to the potter to make it. We don't know who this potter was, but he must have been a master potter of sorts. 
I don't know if he was the only potter in the community or anything like that, but he was the potter that would uh, make vessels. And when he made a vessel and it wasn't what it should be, he would make it again. He would refashion it again. You know, the neat thing with pottery or with clay is you could take that, that clay and you could build something out of it, so to speak, a vessel out of it. But you know, if you didn't want it to be that kind of a vessel, you could change it. Especially if you changed it soon after you had made it or created it. Before it had set, you could remake it. And in this case, we see again that this potter uh, take a vessel, and as Jeremiah is watching him, he's taking this vessel, and it's marred. It says it's marred in the, the hand of the potter. And so somehow there's a defect put into this vessel. And as I was watching the guy down on the floor to make this vessel, I was just like, he could just... He could talk and he was making a vessel and thinking about that. You know, I was thinking about how skilled he was at making vessels. And I think he was a master potter for 30 or 40 years. And I think about people, how they can make a pottery and that sort of thing. And I, I think of this master potter somehow while he was watching, uh, being watched there, he marred, the, he marred the clay. As a result of that, he had to build it again. Now, did he do that intentionally? I don't know. I don't know exactly why this happened, but somehow he ended up taking that clay and he marred it uh, so that he had to make it again. And, uh, it, it, and someone says, well, why did he do it? It was to be a, a message to Jeremiah. I caused thee to hear my words. He, he would see in that pottery some things about God and his, and his word. And what we see, first of all, as far as God's word, is that God is a master potter. In verse number five and six, it goes on to say, the, the word of the Lord came again, O house of Israel, can I not do as with you, as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. You know, the people might think they can do whatever they want, and people in general might think they can do what they want, but anytime God can come along and he can, just like this potter does, remake the vessel or change the vessel. We see God is a potter here, and he is able, the Bible says, with Israel especially here, he says, Israel is in my hand, and I, I can do what I, I'd like to do with Israel. And someone said, you said God is the master potter. Uh, how do you get that or where do you get that? Well, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 64. Uh, there are some other verses in the Bible that deal with, again, pottery and clay and those sorts of things. And we'll look at some of them here uh, this morning. But we find in the Bible in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse number 8 that God is indeed the potter. And, he is, and we indeed are the clay. Isaiah 64, verse number 8, it says, But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, and we are the clay. Thou art our potter, and we all the work of thy hand. God is the potter, and we are the clay. I wish we'd really understand. If we really understood that, we would understand that God has a desire, just like a master potter, to make us useful, valuable, and beautiful. 
He liked to make a, a piece of art, so to speak, out of us. Not making all of us the same. You know, the thing with potters, again, they like to make different vessels. They like to make uh, uh, unique vessels, and they'll sell those vessels, and some of those vessels are very valuable. And the, but the reality is we are all a kind of clay that is in the hands of God, our Father. But now, O oh Lord, thou art our Father, we are the clay. That's what Isaiah says there. And he can do what he wants to with us as vessels. Let's turn to the New Testament. Someone says, well, I don't know about this. I, it seems to be that might be talking about Israel back there and, and that sort of thing. And, and so, and I would agree, again, in application, he's talking about Israel there as a, as a nation. He's, he's the potter, the, the clay in his hands. And in, uh, there we see again in Isaiah, we are the clay and he is our father. Um, Let's continue looking at some thoughts on the, the clay and the potter. Romans chapter 9 and verse number 19. Romans chapter 9 and verse number 19. The Bible says, well, uh, Thou wilt say uh, then unto them, Why dost thou yet find fault? For who resisteth his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing that is formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made us thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay and of the same lump uh, to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endureth with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction? And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the, the vessels of mercy, which he hath aforetime prepared unto his glory. Even us, by who, uh, so whom hath called us, not only the Jews only, but also the Gentiles. So we see another uh, passage dealing with clay and the potter. And it mentions there, again, making vessels. And it mentions in verse number 21, Hath not the potter power over the clay and of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another to dishonor. Now, I don't, you know, someone says, well, potters, they make vessels honorable and dishonorable. They make some valuable, some not so valuable. They make some for this and some for that. Yeah, absolutely. They make some, again, maybe, um, maybe to put different things in and some, again, to be displayed for beauty and glory. And, and someone might say, well, there's different kinds of clay vessels. Yes, there's different kinds of clay vessels and there's different kinds of people. And God has the ability to make some to be more honorable and some to dis, be uh, more dishonorable. And some it mentions vessels of, of wrath fitted for destruction. Now, I don't know exactly what that's talking about, it, but it is talking about a vessel being used for destruction. And so some people are used for destruction. You know, God sometimes used different people groups to chastise God's people. And certainly there were vessels for destruction. And then they mentioned some vessels in verse number 23, uh, I believe being used for mercy. Mercy. To be able to provide maybe or to give or to help or things along that lines. Maybe again to be a, a gift to someone, maybe to be used in their household or whatever it might be. But there were 
be vessels of mercy. But all, all vessels had a use. They were used for some purpose. And uh, we find the Bible, uh, God speak of him being the, the potter and us being the clay. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Again, I'm just kind of laying some groundwork here. And someone says, well, why are you laying this groundwork? I want you to understand you are a piece of clay. I am a piece of clay. And God would have us to be some kind of vessel uh, used for his glory and for his purpose. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, it says, We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God ordained that we should walk therein. And I just stopped there. We, you know, let's talk about some again saved by grace. And so this isn't just anybody he says, but we are as workmen created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And so he's going to take his vessels, which are really his vessels, his creation. Every person is his creation. And when someone gets saved by grace, he takes that vessel and he begins to use that person to do some good things in this world. He regenerates them on purpose. And so as God is a potter, he has a plan and he has a product that wants to be uh, uh, produced. And that product is to be uh, one for glory and one for virtue and one for praise and one to give honor unto him. And he wants that vessel again to be a vessel that no one would doubt that they have been shaped and made by God. You know, after Saul of Tarsus was saved, there was no doubt that he was shaped and made over by God. Oh, he was religious before that, but after that he was very different after salvation. God has a right to form, to mold, to make, and remake us as he pleases. And sometimes you might say, well, I don't like what's happening in my life because it seems like I was going this way and I was being shaped this way and then all of a sudden God decided I want to remake you again. I want to reform you again. I want to change you. I want to remold you. I want a different vessel now. And I believe God can use us in such a way that he can make us different kinds of vessels. Maybe a vessel of mercy for some. Maybe a vessel of wisdom for others. Maybe a vessel of the gospel in another way. And he shapes us and remolds us and remakes us after his good will and after his good pleasure. Someone might say, well, he's working too hard on me. Such is the case of Job, if you turn there with me, Job chapter 10. He's working too hard on me. He's, he's shaping, he's molding me. He's, he's putting me through the fire, so to speak, and I'm not wanting to be shaped this way. I'm not wanting to be molded this way. And, and someone might say, you know what? It's hard being a piece of clay in a potter's hand. And sometimes it seems that way if you're not willing to be whatever God would have you to be. We are the clay in the hands of God. He is the potter. God can and should be able to remake and reform us and, and use us however he'd like us to be used. Let's pick up here in Job chapter 10. Job chapter 10, starting in verse number 8. Job chapter 10 and verse number 8, he says here, Thine hands have made me and fashioned me to gather round about. If thou dost destroy me, remember I beseech thee that thou hast made me as clay. Will thou bring me into the dust again? 
And so not poured me out as milk and curled me like cheese. That has clothed me with skin and flesh and has fenced me with bones and sinews. Thou hast granted me life and favor. Thou hast, uh, thy visitation has preserved my spirit. What we see here in the Bible, it talks about Jobin believing is fashioned by God. Verse number eight, fashioned, and now it seems like destroyed. He was deceased. He gone through a lot of different things. If you look back in chapter one and two, he got through a lot of different things. And, and God was trying to do something in Job's life. And that, that, that redoing of him was tough on Job. And uh, he talks about him being, in a sense, you know, um, I don't know what you call it, but just being, being, being uh, roughed up, if you would. Thou hast poured me out as milk and curled me like cheese. I don't know a lot about the, the making of milk and the curling of cheese, but I, I would believe, again, that is an expression of God really having to do some things in his life. Israel and us and we, like Job, are pieces of clay. We are pieces of clay that God would have to give him glory and honor and be useful and valuable and helpful in this world. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Again, you think about uh, clay, and some would say, you know, when, when it comes to clay and vessels and that sort of thing, uh, again, you know, there's some that, that, that differ, and, and certainly that is true. I mean, there's, there's differences in people. There's differences in what people go through. There's differences in, in how clay is formed and how clay sets, so to speak, and how hard clay is. And there's a lot of things that could be talked about when it when it comes to clay, but it needs to be shaped. It needs to be molded. It needs to be purified. It needs to be, again, in, in a sense, it needs to be uh, made and shaped into whatever is most useful and purposeful at the time. Second Timothy uh, chapter 2 here in the New Testament also talks about vessels. And uh, certainly, again, in this case, uh, vessels maybe not of the same kind as clay, but it does talk about vessels again. So I want to look at this just a little bit before we go on here. But God is the master potter. And number two, we are the clay in the master potter's hand. We are the clay in the master potter's hand. In verse 20, it says here, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver and wood, and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor and sanctify and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. I just want to back up here in verse number 20. It talks about these vessels and they're made of different things. Gold, silver, wood, and earth, which would be clay. I would, I would venture to guess. I'm not really guessing there, but again, I, I think... That fits very well there. It says, some to honor, some to dishonor. And it goes on, it says, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he should be a vessel in honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. And uh, if you go back in the text, it kind of explains what things we need to be purged from. And so again, for a vessel to be valuable, it needs to be purged from some things. You don't just take a, 
a vessel and and uh, and, and 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 have it in a sense uh, with everything around it, but you try to separate from some different things. And so the gold is separated, the silver is separated, the wood is separated, and so is the clay. It's separated, and then it's fashioned, fashioned for a purpose, fashioned to be used, used for the master's purpose. Now, vessel. In, in some cases, may not want to be used. And a vessel can even be providentially used. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 44. Uh, vessels of wrath, it talks about there. Vessels of destruction and, and, and that sort of thing. And someone says, well, you think about vessels and you think, well, all vessels are Christian vessels. Well, I don't really think that be the, the truth there because I think you, if you study your Bible, you'll find that God uses vessels that aren't even necessarily saved at first and then uses them for his glory, for his honor. And uh, he causes people which are clay in a general sense to be used for his purpose. Again, I'll give you a case here, uh, the case of Cyrus, Isaiah chapter 44 and uh, verse number 28. Isaiah 44, verse number 28. It says, Thus saith uh, of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, so perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. God will use Cyrus, a heathen king, to do his pleasure, to do his will, to help in the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And uh, we see again, if you read on here, in Isaiah 45, verse number one, it says, Thus saith the Lord, uh, thus saith the Lord to the anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of the kings to open him before the two uh, leave gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the uh, crooked places straight, and I'll break in pieces the gates of brass and Cut asunder the brasses of iron, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden, tre- and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am, am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. Cyrus didn't even know the Lord. He was being used of the Lord as a vessel of clay. God will take again a person and he will again seek to fashion him and mold him. And he'll, even in a sense, as he has the clay in his hands, he will ask the clay, are you willing to be refashioned? Are you willing to be remolded? God desires for us to be pliable for his purpose. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Are you a pliable piece of clay? Willing to be and to become whatever God would have to to be. Someone says, well, I purpose in my heart that I'd be a tax collector. Well, Matthew Levi decided he would be a tax collector, but God took him and made him a preacher. You would say, well, I purpose in my life to be immoral. Well, Rahab the harlot decided that she was going to be a moral life uh, to some degree. And, and that was the purpose and vessel that she was at that point in her life. But God refashioned her to be a, a person of faith and a person of God. In Romans chapter 12, God repurposes the clay. He refashions the clay. He remakes the clay. Sometimes he has to break the clay. 
Sometimes he just has to take the marred clay and refashion it again, just like this potter did. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, the writer's Paul, and he's asking people, present your body to God to be used for he has good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. When it comes to clay, we are the clay, and God is the powder. We are in his hands, and he can refashion and remold us and remake us however he wants. And he can even go so far as to break the potter or the pottery, as we see in Jeremiah chapter 19. Well, let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 18. I want to look at another thought here from Jeremiah chapter 18, and I want to look at the fact that we are the work of a, a wheel. We are the work of a wheel. And someone says, well, what does, that, what does that matter? It says in verse number three, it says that I went, to the, I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. You know, the things in life, whatever they might be that work on us, we are the work of a wheel. We are the work of time. We are the work of incidents. We are the work of situations. We are the work of uh, different things that come into our life. We are reshaped by our parents. We are reshaped by other people. We are influenced by other, other situations. We are the work of a wheel. And that work of the wheel, you see in verse number four, it says, And the vessel was made of clay, was marred in the hand of the potter. So as it sat on the wheel, it was marred by the potter. It says, So he made it again, another vessel, as seemeth good. The potter to make. We are the work of the wheel. We are a work in progress and we are a work that uh, takes time to make. And as we look at people, think of them as clay that's not quite fashioned. And in places as clay that is now used for a purpose. The clay needs to be smooth. The clay needs to be uh, finished. The clay needs to be, in a sense, at some point, it needs to be set through a, a kiln, so to speak, to be heated up. And in this process, it might be refashioned and remade. It might even be crushed by the potter. And uh, as I was watching that uh, potter in Florida, he would take a piece of clay and he could make it in a vessel and then he'd just crush it. Start over again. I thought to myself, you know, sometimes that's what we go through, a crushing. To be made over again. I think of Job. Wasn't that what happened with Job? You know, he's being made and, and, and he was fashioned and the Bible talks about how he was and all these kind of things. And, and then he was tested. And he went through a process of being changed. And uh, his wife was there with him. And the children there too. And they were lumps, so to speak. They were being fashioned. And they were made. And then along comes Satan and he comes along and and they become the work of a wheel. And not so much the work of a wheel of the potter himself, God, but along comes Satan. He, he comes along and tries to 
to change the clay and get the clay to curse God. Get the clay to turn from God. We could go back there in Job, but you're, you're familiar with it. I believe everyone is familiar with it. If you're not in Job 1 and Job 2, you can find about it. Again, it was a saint's desire to get the clay to curse God, to not trust in God, to turn from God. As we think about people that were changed, let's turn back to Genesis chapter 32. Sometimes change takes time and it takes process and it takes circumstances and it takes, again, sometimes people go through a, a lot of different things. And I think about the case of Jacob and I'm not going to go through his whole life or anything like that. But if you turn to Genesis chapter 32, we find him finally and uh, miraculously in some ways changed. In Jeremiah chapter 32, we know that Jeremiah was a schemer. We know that, uh, sorry, Jacob was a schemer. We know that he was at times a liar. We see him again as being uh, somewhat helpful in all those things. But it wasn't really until uh, Genesis 32 that we see Jacob completely changed. Genesis 32 and uh, verse number 24. We'll read down to verse number 31. I, I just, just a short Passes the scripture here, if you just follow along with me. It says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled with a man with him till day, until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said unto them, Thy name shall no more be Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God, and with men, men thou hast prevailed. And Jacob asked and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is that thou did ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Penuel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And he passed over Penuel, uh, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Again, there was an experience that took place in Jacob's life where he, as a clay vessel, in a sense, was changed. He was crushed. He was marred. There's no more Jacob, as the Bible says here, and as this angel, I believe, renamed him, it says, He said unto him, Thy name shall no more be Jacob, but Israel. You're no more Jacob. You're not this marred vessel, scheming vessel, this lying vessel, this sinful vessel, this vessel that puts yourself first rather than other people, but rather you're in this place now where you're halting upon your thigh. Someone says, He's been marred. He's not made like he should be now. He's marred for the rest of his life. Jacob, you would always see Jacob. He'd be always, always halting upon his thigh. But he was remade and refashioned as God wanted to be. A humble Jacob. Now a prince with God. A prairie, praying type of person with God. We're made as clay. We are made as clay. As the book Job, uh, Job says. And sometimes it seems like we're being roughed up. We're being changed. But what's all the purpose in this? I think in the end, the, the desire is that we become, in a sense, not exactly like him and in, in ways like him, but something valuable for God. 
but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And uh, we see it goes on and says in verse number 31, 32, this was a significant event in Jacob's life. It says in verse 31, he passed over Peniel, and the sun rose upon him, he halted upon his thighs. Therefore the children of Israel eat not the sin though which shrank, which is upon the hollow of thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. And so some things changed not only in Jacob's life, but in the Jews' life. We are the work of a wheel. God has a desire to make us whatever he'd want us to be. You know, you can look at the people in the Bible, and many of them started out somewhere different than they were in the end. We think of Joseph. He became, as a young person, he was a shepherd. At one point in his life, he was a shepherd. You know, at another place in his life, he was a slave. Let's call it what it is. He was a slave. He was, in one place in his life, he was, again, a a type, you would say, of steward. Steward over all of Egypt. That was a vessel that God had him at that point. And in the end, he became a savior to his brothers and to his father. And even to Israel as he provided food for them that they needed. You know, God has people as vessels. Some that need to be changed, some that need to be reformed. And uh, as we see them here in this account, and we see again the pottery making, we know that it's God's will to make a vessel to be useful for them. Let's turn back to Jeremiah chapter 19. To be useful for his good or be useful for someone else. I mean, think of people that have been changed. Think of the Jacobs that have been changed. The Jacobs that were once schemers and maybe into different kinds of scheming and all kinds of different things and how God changes them. Think about people like Saul. It's just so religious and so caught up in false religion, yet God changes. Think about the demoniac of Gadara and how he at one time uh, couldn't even be held in chains. He was sitting clothed in his right mind later on. God has a right to remake vessels and even to break them. You see this in Jeremiah chapter 19, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Go and get the potter's earthen bottle, and take the ancients of the people, and the ancients of the priests, and go forth to the valley of Hinnon. Look at verse 10. Then shalt thou break the bottle in the sight of the men that go with thee, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Even so will I break the people in this city, as one that breaketh the potter's vessel, it cannot be made whole again. And they shall bury them in Tophet, till there be no place to bury. No, it's sad, really, as you think of all people, in a sense, being clay. But in the end, sadly, God can, and I'm not saying sadly, but rightly, I guess would probably be the right word to use, but God can finally take the vessel and destroy it. He can take the vessel and destroy it. You see that in this case here. I'll break it. In verse number 11, it'll never be whole again. I mean, it's like when I, it was just a few days ago, I, I broke a glass. And I was busy and I was working on something and I, I just broke a glass and it shattered on the floor and I thought, never be put together again. There's no way that could be put together again. You could try to put it together again, but you're not even going to find the pieces and think about, I mean, clay vessels, if you know how clay and how brittle really kind of clay is, 
It can never really totally be put together again. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 2. What does this picture? I believe it pictures the fact that if the vessel, which is created to be something useful, which is created to become something useful, does not fulfill its purpose, um, it is God's will that he can take that vessel and he can, he can destroy that vessel in the end. In Revelation, it says, He shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter. He shall, they shall be broken and shivers. You know, a potter's vessel can be broken into little pieces, shivers, as it calls it here in the book of Revelation. And, and people can be broken in the end. But it's God's will that we be useful. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 41 and uh, verse number 25. Isaiah chapter 41 in verse number 25, it says, I have raised up one from the north, and he shall come from the rise of the sun, shall he call upon my name. And he shall come unto, upon the princes of the mortar, as the potter treadeth the clay. The potter can tread the clay. The potter can break the clay. But the potter would rather reform the clay. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 18. God would rather come along and remake you. What does this speak of? I, I believe it, in a sense it speaks of the new birth. To make you all new. To change you. To refashion you into what God would have you to, to be. In Jeremiah chapter 18 it says, The vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand. So he made it again, another vessel that seemed good unto the potter to make. I want to read on there. Verse number five, it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Oh, how severe was, can I do it, not do as I, as, as, as this potter, saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. At one instance I shall speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom, to pluck it up, to pull it down, and destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I repent of the evil that I thought to do to them. And in one instance I shall speak unto concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to build and plan it. If they do evil in sight, that they obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I would have benefited them. And so just as God is able to take a nation, and it mentions there, destroy it, verse number seven, in a sense take that clay vessel and just totally destroy it, He's able to also build it. And he's also do that with our lives. He's able to build it and to plan us and to use us. And that mentions there, wherewith I said I would benefit them. And God's desire is to bless and to make us and remold us into the vessel of usefulness that can be made of, uh, out of our lives. And so again, just some thoughts here on the potter. Just a good question that you should think about here maybe today. Are you a piece of clay that can be remolded and remade however God would have you to make you? Or are you set as a vessel? And all God can in a sense do is just break you. Let me encourage you to be fashionable. And let me encourage you to be malleable. And let me encourage you to be usable to whatever God would have you to be. Are you pliable clay? Or are you clay that's set like concrete? I'm going to encourage you to be refashionable and God will be able to use you. Let's close as we consider the word of God here this morning.